Hello and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I am your other host, Daniel Coburn. What's and good? To d- oh, D. Cole. Every time. And today's episode is brought to you by Honey Badger and probably Backblaze. Probably Backblaze. I didn't email Backblaze in time to find out if we officially are sponsored by Backblaze this week. But if they pay us, then we're sponsored by Backblaze. And if they don't, then we still enjoy Backblaze and you might as well. That's right. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, D. Cole. What's good? You are pounding away at a problem. Oh, I, I solved it. You solved but the problem. I solved the problem in a terrible, very bad, no good way. And I would love your better solution to the problem. Okay. All right. So here, let, let me lay out the symptoms for you first. Let's let's Encyclopedia Brown this thing. Um, so I have an app that uses Laravel Cashier. Okay. Uh, Stripe, well, the European Union has implemented this new thing called strong card authentication. Yep, I think uh, we talked about it last time. Okay, probably. So anyway, uh, Cashier supports it, but only the latest two versions of Cashier, or maybe only the latest one version of Cashier, which requires at least Laravel 5.8. This app is on Laravel 5.7. So to handle strong card authentication using Cashier, I needed to upgrade Laravel so that I could upgrade Cashier. Okay. Classic classic scenario. Yep. Um, so, how do you upgrade Laravel? You use Laravel Shift, obviously. So, I run the Laravel Shift thing. I go through all the steps. I Oh, one thing I wanted to talk about, too. Is I tweeted about this. The config file? You know the, yeah, the GitHub compare pages between tags? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Gold. Gold. So, uh, you do... Uh, github.com slash laravel slash laravel slash compare slash tag name number one so v5.7.0 and then three dots and then laravel colon and then tag name number two so v5.8.0 that url structure you can put any repository and two tags in it and just get yourself a diff of those two tags that is cool i want to make because i do not do it in the url i do it on livewire all the time and i want to make sure that it's not just because i own livewire that i can do it um easily but let's say laravel laravel i'm on github and i go in in that there's a little button um below the like bar that says commits and branches and releases and whatever called branch mm-hmm. and you can like scroll through branches and there's a tags mm-hmm. thing so i'm going to select mm-hmm. uh an old tag mm-hmm. 5.8 okay and then i'm going to hit new pull request and then i'm going to change the base branch oh yeah see this is the annoying thing right oh interesting hmm i don't know if this is good for because when you're when no you're this con- is actually it this is it you're getting the same thing yeah but right 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 the problem is let me try this yeah if you're just comparing branches then this is great if you're comparing tags right right, this is not great so i wonder if we can just hijack with the url so it looks like that's funny github uses yeah no it's the same uh, url it's the same url so then do instead of 5.7 dot 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 5.8 yeah do v 5.7 point zero and then v 5.8.0 that's what's up that's funny this is an instance of uh i found ways in the ui to get around this my way is comparing it to master and then hitting the switch branch button that like switches the branch so that i can compare against a tag and not just a a branch um that's so funny that like so i wonder what happens if you have a tag and a branch called the same thing who knows but this is really cool this is one of those things that that like i've literally come across in the ui and i'm like how come i can't do this but you can just change the url sick yeah okay it's sick. in general so super duper powerful every time i go to tag a release in livewire um 
I compare the latest, the last release to the current master branch, and then I get this nice little diff page that I can scroll through and and like take notes about everything that's changed. Right. Yeah. For your uh, for your change log that people browbeat you about on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. The guy who beat me up about it was was Till. Um, I know. Who's like uh, cha- the god of change logs? Yeah, a um, well-respected change log guy. He is the forever changelog guy um, i just like to see you browbeat caleb i feel like you don't get browbeat quite enough yeah 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 i, agree. I like to watch it um anyway so i uh i do the laravel shift i go through all the all the changes to the config files and stuff like that and i make all my updates and i'm like okie dokie artichoke this should be a very good working uh thing i do the I install the new composer dependencies. I update everything. I fix all the bugs that happen when I run composer install because something depends on something and my uh, list of packages is not resolvable to an installable set of packages. Um, I fix all that, right? (laughs) And then okie dokie artichoke, this should be great. And I run PHP unit and what do I get? A bunch of completely indecipherable test failures where it's like 4.5 does not equal 7.0. I'm like that's a terrible. <laughs> that's bad. Um, so what it was is that there are these fixtures that we have that are versioned. So there's like a version one and a version two of these fixtures. And these fixtures are what PHP cl- uh, uh, files that return arrays. Actually, SQLite databases, but uh, they're SQLite is... databases. Yes, and that's kind of irrelevant. Um, but they are SQLite databases. Um, and so these uh, these things, these SQLite databases full of prices, um, depending on a certain environment variable, you load one SQLite database or a different SQLite database. Yeah. Um, and we had been using put env in our tests to test that like, if I'm using this SQLite database, everything works correctly. Or if I'm using this other one, everything works correctly. Blah, Interesting. Blah, blah, blah. I'm surprised that you didn't just do like reference the ENV from the config file and then just hijack the config variable in the test. Uh, so we ended up doing that. Uh, that was my solution. Um, the problem with it is that there were multiple config variables that were calculated based on a single ENV variable yeah so like say i change the version to 1.1 uh there's a config variable called uh whatever product version that is just that 1.1 yeah right but then there's another one called like migrations enabled that is calculated based on whether or not we're on 1.1 you know and so because of that you could you only needed to change one environment variable to change multiple config interesting okay that's funny that is a reason to Um, do that okay so that was the reason i was just changing one env variable because it was like a nice clean test setup method um come to find out laravel 5.8 i know every everyone listening to this already knows this i've just been working in a laravel 5.7 app for a long time so i haven't even had to learn this yet but in laravel 5.8 uh, the environment is now immutable. You cannot do that. Put env is canceled. You are not allowed to change I would your like env. To add that, I imagine everyone listening does not know that. Okay, because I um, barely know that. I mean, I don't know it. I know that there was a bunch of drama around it, but I mean, yeah. if you ask me what was the change in five point eight about put env, I would say I don't even know. <laughs> Like, here's, here's, I wouldn't say, here's that, what the, oh, now it's immutable, and then, you know. Here's the real drama. The put env method still exists. Uh, you can still run it. It just doesn't do that. Yeah. That's, uh, it's funny. If you look at the change log, or, like, the upgrade guide from 5.7 to 5.8, it says, like, old behavior. You do, like, env test, and it says test, and then you do put env test junk, and then you do env test, and it says junk right yeah and then the new behavior is that except that just both times it says test and put env doesn't change it which is 
crazy. Um, anyway, so all my tests were failing, and I was like, oh, I'll just edit the config. Uh, so I couldn't use the config helper because this was all happening inside Create's application uh, and, like, the timing of what yeah. what you have available. So I have to go into, like, app arrow config and, like, edit it directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I obviously get the most wonderful error of all time, which is the, like, directly updating overloaded, uh, what is it, overloaded array or overloaded object? You know what I'm talking about, that error? Where, like, you're trying to deep, if you try and, like, deeply update an array, uh, I don't actually know what the definition of overloaded is. I used to know. Never even heard Um, of it. I really want to, I kind of want to do it just to figure out what it is. But basically, if you, um, say you have like app config product version, right? Yeah. So it's like app arrow config, and then you do brackets product. You can't do app arrow. Oh, like why aren't you doing app, you're doing app arrow config. So you can't, I thought you were accessing the config service like app make config. No, I'm just editing the direct array of config variables inside the app. Sheesh. Um, All right, and And it's a public property on app? Yeah, so it's just app arrow config, and you get a big old array. Mm -hmm. And you can just update it, and everything works. Um, Problem is, uh, there's like an array with subarrays, right? So it's like app arrow config brackets product, right? And then like brackets version. And that's the thing I want to change. Um, you can't do that. You can't say app arrow config brackets product brackets version equals 2.0. Um, if you do that, you get this annoying message that says directly updating overloaded property is not supported or something. Weird. Uh, and so what you have to do is say <laughs> product equals app arrow config brackets product product bracket current equals 2.0 app arrow config brackets product equals product. Oh, man. So you have to use a temporary variable. All this could be uh, avoided if you hooked into the after application created hook in your test case. Oh, can you do that? After application yeah, I don't know if that's the exact thing, but it's maybe it's like application created or something. There's, there's hooks for after you register callbacks in your setup that run after the application is bootstrapped. Maybe that's what it's called. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that might be my solution. Yeah, it'll solve all your problems. Okay, cool. So anyway, yeah, I functionally solved the problem in a very ugly way yeah. that I've just described, and I hated it. <laughs> um, but yeah, long story short, uh, was it necessary for uh, to stop us from editing the environment? Like, was that, <laughs> do we have to do that? Like, I feel like it was fine, and we were only doing it in times when it was okay, like in test setup methods where it was really useful my impression was that there's some like super nitty-gritty low-level php concern that only like a handful of people dig that deep to know deeply about and then they argued about it for a while and then they they like settled on everyone's tests yeah that's cool of them i didn't picture the conversation going like like we shouldn't let people modify and be in vverb you know what i'm saying yeah i picture it being i don't know it was probably better than that yeah no i we should probably give people credit for being like smart people and not just being assholes but uh it felt like a dick move to make me do this i was like (laughs) oh come on just let me just just let me just edit the environment come on why not it is interesting like that it does make yeah yeah Your, your use case is a good one that's that's funny that like yeah. most of the time would be like, oh, we'll just edit the config. Don't use the env directly. But if yeah. it's but driven, then it's like three things of instead of well, one thing. You could store what you should do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should store the env directly in a config and then calculate the other configs from the config. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know that now. <laughs> yep. Easy peasy. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Easy peasy. Easy. Assuming you so, can yeah. calculate, assuming you can use the config helper inside of a config, and I'm not even sure you can do that. Oh, yeah, that might actually be why I didn't do it. It's likely that you can't. There's weird config stuff. Like if you try to use, um, yeah, like most stuff's not available inside config. 
Yeah. yeah I, I seem to recall that the config helper only becomes available pretty late in the game. Like, there's a lot of things that happen before you can use the config helper. Yeah. Um, well, by this logic, it would be that you can use it early in the game so it doesn't know about other things yet, you know? Like, if it's, like, the first thing bootstrapped, you know? Yeah. Then it doesn't have access to anything else. And then it's available first. So. Sure. I never, yeah, I don't know. I do not know, my friend. But, yeah, I do know that there are some restrictions with the config file. I know you can't access, like, app translator, stuff like that. Like, I run across that because of something I can't think of right now. But that's, like, a weird, annoying error I get from time to time. We Uh, talked about Enya on here last week, right? Who? Enya. Anyang? Enya. Anyang. 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 (laughs) No, Enya. No, I don't know. Enya, the Irish folk singer? Uh, maybe. I feel like maybe I just talked to so many people about Enya recently that I'm. I, I sort of vague. I mean, I, I think you did. I don't remember. She lives in a castle. She lives in a castle. Okay. I don't. That's. I don't really. You know who Enya is, right? No. Oh man, uh, Enya. Enya is Anya. an Irish. Anyang. Enya is an Irish singer, kind of like New Age, like, uh, she did some of the music for the Lord of the Rings movies, um, and, but she, she has like, I don't, like late 90s, she was really big, um, but anyway, she's got this song called, uh, Who Can Say. Then she lost a bunch of weight in the 2000s. One of her, yeah, I guess so. It's like one of her like top three songs for sure. And it just goes like, who can say oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, whenever I am whenever I think in my head now, I don't know, who can say? I instantly sing, who can say da, 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 da. Anyway, that's all. Um, if you crank that, if you drive, if you go to see the uh, Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner movie with Harrison Ford like a year ago. Um, if you if you go to see that with your wife and it's a late showing so you get out of the blade runner movie at like 3 a.m or something and uh you're driving on the blue ridge parkway in a tiny little toyota yaris uh and you crank that song like insanely loud and roll the windows down and drive like 70 and a 40 it's a really enjoyable experience Hmm. you should try it man what you described sounds like a great experience. It was. I've done it. Oh, you've done it. <laughs> yep. Wow. Mm. So, well, Caleb, call- I, I, I hear you uh, You put the last missing piece of Livewire in, and now Livewire's done. Yeah. You know the uh, Infinity Stones? Yes. You know that last one? Uh, no, but yes. It's like that. Uh-huh. That's pretty much what it's like. So now, what, do you kill 50% of the people? You, like, remove 50% of the people from the live wire repo or something? Exactly. All right, cool. Yep. Um, so the the final stone is in the fist glove gauntlet thing. Good. Yep. And it was a head scratcher. Stop me Stop me if I told you about some of these things. Because the last time I talked to you was on this show. Mm-hmm. If I told you about it, I told everyone about it that's listening to this. Sure. But we've sort of been tracking this progress, right? Like the, the premise is LiveWire yep. components store state over Ajax, over the wire. Like public properties are, are dehydrated into Ajax and they're stored in JavaScript. Then when you make a new LiveWire request, it rehydrates the component with all the data from JavaScript. Yes. Right. We know that. And we then understand. we were talking about private properties. Right. Protected and private properties that instead of, like, I don't want to... The one option would be to keep them private would be to dehydrate them into, like, an encrypted string. Like, deseri- mm-hmm. like serialize them and encrypt them into a string and then pass them to JavaScript and back and if forth. If I recall correctly, your solution was to use the session. Yeah. Yep. Um, session, so it doesn't 
you know, grow the payload size. And I just feel real nasty about like passing stuff to the front end. Um, and you were you were recently embarrassed on a popular internet podcast about by not knowing about the session, so you felt like <laughs> yeah, you had so something to prove. This will show up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I know everything about the session. Um, that's not true, but it's it's close to true. I can't wait till you give your session talk at Laracon next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. How sessions work? That would be funny. That would be the funniest. That would be thing. really funny. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I should do that. And just like, and like everyone would be expecting you to have like a couple slides at the beginning where you explain like, <laughs> hey, I do this podcast and on the podcast we were talking about how sessions work and we realized we didn't know. So I figured I would learn and do a talk. But instead you just don't do that and you just come at it like I am the foremost expert on sessions. <laughs> <laughs> There's no backstory to this. Yeah, that's good. That is good. I also think maybe we should, maybe you should give the talk <laughs> and not how prepare. How sessions work. Oh, that's great. I could do fine. And just be like, I think, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, I'm pretty like, sure. There's <laughs> files for sure. And yeah, maybe the names of you the files. You do file. a Q&A at the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> We've got about 45 minutes for questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hit me. <laughs> and like some guy from Denmark is like... <laughs> Uh, well, actually, <laughs> I don't think that the session works that way at all. I don't think. I'm like, who's giving the talk here, guys from Denmark? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. You are getting me. You are getting me. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. Oh, it's oh, always man. the Danes. The Danes, they always deign to correct the you. The Danes. They are the kings of well, actually. The Vikings of well, actually. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Well, before we dig deeper into this, why don't we just take a minute and hear from our sponsor, Honey Badger. First, we'll start with the sponsor we know is sponsoring the show. (laughs) Yep. Honey Badger. Honey Badger is a error handling utility application thing, exception management thing. So if you have an app and bugs happen in production, you need a way of knowing what bugs happened, where they happened, when they happened, and to whom they happened. And Honey Badger is the thing to make that happen. Um, yep. It's pretty great. It's super easy to set up. Super killer team. Uh, support is ridiculous. Like, if you've been following along, I've said a bunch of times that I, like, just opened up Intercom and talked to the founder in, like, two minutes flat, um, which is which is great. So it's simple. It's a nice app. It uses Turbolinks. It's got a great blog. And, uh, and yeah, it's error exception handling. So, no, 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 no. It's error... What would it be? Slash. Error tracking? Bug tracking? It's error tracking. Error tracking. Slash exception tracking. Tracking. It doesn't handle the exception. So that would be error slash tracks exception it. tracking. Yeah. Because you don't want to say the tracking twice in the promo. That's true. That's not a in the good Not in the professional ad copy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yep. So anyway, Honey Badger is baller. And it manages not only Laravel, but JavaScript and anything else you want to throw at it, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, man. So, and it does like uptime monitoring and tracks your jobs right. and all uptime that other stuff. monitoring, heartbeats. Just, just in my own personal life recently, um, I had a job that did not run for an unknown reason. Um, but I uh, this app... I'm not going to name names, but this app uses a competitor of Honey Badgers. And uh, we didn't know that that job wasn't running until uh, we realized that the things that the job was supposed to be doing weren't getting done. Uh, If we had simply had Honey Badger in our life, we would have known that the job was not running. It's true. Yep. It is very true. It's something that like a lot of bug trackers like, um, like speed and bugs and beep <laughs> so mm-hmm. you could tell those were added in in post mm-hmm. um that don't have uh, the heartbeat monitoring because you end up wanting to use envoyer and you don't even use envoyer for the real-time stuff you just use it for its heartbeats heartbeat mm-hmm. tracking stuff so so that is that honey badger is what's up thank you for sponsoring the show honey badger if you're not using it go use it it's yeah. oh I last time I said it's honeybadger.com slash nothing because we haven't set it up yet and somebody tweeted at uh, the show and said it's, it's, it's honeybadger.io honeybadger. <laughs> yeah 
Io. So Don't go to honeybadger.io slash NPTM. You'll probably get a 404. Then click on the logo to get to the homepage and <laughs> sign up <laughs> today. Uh, but when you get that 404, they're going to know about it. They are going to know about it. Yes. They're going to know you got a 404. We should... Everyone should go to slash NPTM just to cause a bunch of 404s to show up in the uh, Honey Badger. beautiful. We will drive out they will know. our own like, revenue stream. We'll be, they'll contact yeah. us and be like, yo, tons of are people guys, are like banging at the doors. We should give you more money. They're, they're, yeah, they're climbing the gates <laughs> ravenously. Yeah. Man, oh, I man. mean, we just point at something, and the listener base just runs at it as hard as they can. Yeah. Well, they're loyal. They're loyal. Because we're they're influencers, you know. We sure are. We should go on an influencer marketplace and sell ourselves. Is that a thing? Is that a thing you can do? Yeah. And we could just go find a brand that wants to hook up with us, and then they'll send us, like, um, a Cotopaxi backpack for free, and Wait, all we what? have to do is sell our souls. Huh. That's it. For a nice Speaking of hip uh, maybe selling our souls. Speaking uh, of what? Speaking of maybe selling our souls. Uh Backblaze. So Backblaze is our sponsor uh and I neglected to email them in time to see if they wanted to renew and so we're just going to give them this one uh and uh cuz we think they're probably going to renew but who knows? Um, so yeah, anyway, this episode is brought to you also by Backblaze. Uh, Backblaze is a cloud backup solution for your Mac and PC. Um, it basically is the simplest thing ever. You install the app on your computer. You tell it, do you want me to only back up when you say so? Or do you want me to back up all the time? Or do you want me to back up at a specific time of day? You choose that option. And then that just happens forever. And you never think about it until you're like, oh, no, my life has ended because I lost a computer or I dropped a hard drive into a giant hole filled with molten lava. What else can happen to computers that would cause you, you to need run them over with your car? You can you can run them over with your car. Uh, you can accidentally install Linux on your main partition instead of on your second partition. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can do all kinds of things to a computer, Caleb. Computers, though we depend on them, are real finicky. Yep. So anyway, you do a whoopsie doopsie on your computer. You're like, man, I'm glad I was spending six bucks a month for the last three years with Backblaze. Like if you drop your computer now, in the toilet, who hasn't yeah, been well, there? Well, that's a huge toilet <laughs> that you've got, sir. Um, <laughs> you gotta put it in, in a bucket of rice. Have you seen these toilets? <laughs> Why is your laptop on rest? <laughs> They're massive. Oh, um, so yeah, Backblaze. And uh, if you're like a real baller, like say you're like a video editor or something like that, you've got massive files and all that stuff. You don't want to go on Backblaze and like download four terabytes of video over your, you know, whatever. Say you're, you know, traveling abroad, making a documentary in uh, Algiers, Tunisia. And the T1 right? is out. And the T1 is out, and you got, like, you know, 128K up and down. Uh, you don't want to download terabytes and terabytes of video over that. So what do you do? You say, Backblaze, would you send me a hard drive with all my stuff on it? And they say, sure thing. So they mail you a hard drive with all your goods on it. And then... You think they mail you a Backblaze sticker with the hard drive? I would hope so. Let's just assume that they do. Yep. Good for That's you, Backblaze. Safe, it's a safe assumption. Good of you to do that so anyway you get the you get the hard drive and then if you uh don't return it within well you buy a hard drive from them but if you return it within like 30 days or something you get a full refund on the hard drive so it's just like they lend you a hard drive to like pull your stuff off of yeah like they're unlike their competitors where if you don't return the hard drive you know some guy like starts showing up comes at your and door. breaks your knees with a baseball <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh, that is i mean that it just feels old-fashioned now me saying that um yeah i'm just gonna say this uh backblaze didn't ask me to say this um i've used all the competitors and they're all garbage and backblaze is the only good one <laughs> so use use backblaze it's true 
But you know what? I feel like we should be honest. Backblaze did ask you to say that Backblaze <laughs> didn't tell you to say that. And we had this whole moral dilemma. Was, and Decole sold out and said, okay, saw- I'll say that you didn't tell me to say it. <laughs> but Caleb, Caleb is an honest man. <laughs> I'm an honest Caleb, man. Caleb Forzio has no price. That's right. It's absolutely uh, right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So thank you to our sponsor and a half. Maybe a full, you know? Yeah. It's Thank you to our one to two sponsors. This is a Schrodinger's cat problem because we can't say a sponsor place. and a half. What, no. what do we say? One to two sponsors. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you to our sponsors. Back to the show. So, Deco. What up? The back end stuff, bro. Tell me about the back end. So, Sessions. Sessions. Right. We got off on our... Because we were going to give that Sessions talk with the Uh Um, Uh Q&A. So, I got real deep like into Sessions. Yep. Super deep. Super deep like. And the reason that I wanted to use Sessions for this... So, again, to refresh, I need to dehydrate protected properties from a live wire component into something in the back end and rehydrate it when I hear back. Right. So I thought, I'll do it in the session because it's automatically garbage collected. It's secure. Like it's linked to the auth user, you know, it's linked to just the user and it's, you know, it's all handled for. Did we talk about how the garbage collection works? Do you, do you know how the garbage collection works? Did we talk about that already? Yeah, we did. I don't remember. Oh, how it works? Yeah. Um, every, so there's a middleware called start session, I believe. Uh huh. That's what initiates all the session goodness. And is uh, it like a session lifecycle thing that you can set in the EMV or something? Or session for what? Lifetime for the garbage like how collection long it keeps the session. Yeah. So well, the lifecycle, the session lifetime. I'll have you know, I actually pull requested the session lifetime uh, environment variable before it didn't exist. Really? Um, wait, that sounds wrong. Is it wrong? Maybe I put it in the ENV file. That's probably what I did. I did not oh, pull request session lifetime. <laughs> I pull requested session lifetime being by default in the ENV file. I in think. the env.example. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a very big difference. Um, no, no. You invented sessions, yeah, Caleb. Right. You're the foremost, <laughs> you're you know, the foremost authority sessions. on sessions. So lifetimes are all me. That's all me. Um... So I did pull request that, um, another one of my grand contributions to the framework, because it defaults to 120, 120 minutes, two hours. And in development, that is just too short. Tell yes. me how annoying it is. You go for lunch, you go, you know, you're distracted, whatever. You go on a meeting, you come back and you got to re-log in all your crap. Mm-hmm. Not okay. So not okay at all. Now it's in the env.example. You bump it up mm-hmm. as much as you want. Session lifetimes, how do they work? The start session middleware handles all of this stuff, and it's driven by a config variable inside your session.php config file. There's mm-hmm. an option called, I don't know, I don't even know what it's called, chances, odds, I don't even know, lottery. I think it's called lottery. Um, oh, and right, it's right. a we tuple, which don't ex- they don't exist as like a formal thing in PHP, but it's Taylor's answer to a tuple, which is just an array with two items. And yeah, you classic. put in, yeah. So you put in the chances, and I think the default chances are one in a hundred. So I think it's like one comma a hundred, and then um, so it just does the math. The session lifetime middleware does the math that like I mean basically it just rolls the dice and is like, all right, are you one of the lucky ones? If you are, we're gonna garbage collect the session. And all it does, if it's the file driver, which is the default driver, every person has their own session file. It's a .php yeah. file in storage framework. You just nix it or whatever. Yeah, and then it checks the last it was modified. Um, is it the last it was modified? Oh, I don't know offhand. I can't think of it, but it's either created or modified. Yeah, would that do it? Because if they just access it, is it written? Well, anyway, who knows? Um, who but it just determines and then it cleans up everybody's stale sessions. You're the lucky one, the lucky one in a hundred. Yeah. So that's how it works. Nice. So I was like, it's automatically garbage collected. It's all good to go. Right, right. We talked about the lottery. The lottery is super cool. The lottery is dope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Didn't so, we Didn't we talk about like what else you could do with a lottery? What else were we talking about saying that you could do with a lottery? 
Oh, that you could have like a instead of having oh like jobs yeah like jobs, jobs. Yeah. that was what it was we could like tie jobs to people's uh lottery sessions that'd be crazy yep it would be crazy you're yeah just randomly one in a hundred you might just sit there for two minutes yeah just, running a job. just run run a job for your neighbor you know <laughs> well welcome to the to our community <laughs> exactly here's a job please enjoy this loading spinner while you do work for everyone else yep that's great. Um, so, Decole. So, mm-hmm. Sesh, you see how Session seems like a reasonable option. How it seems great like option. a great option. One of the best options. And this is a classic example of how a problem winds down a road and you you make decisions off decisions you already made that you might have made differently if you know what you know now. So, I went down the Sessions road and I started encountering these problems. Like, here's a thing about Sessions that is not advertised. Maybe it is. Anything in a user session is loaded into PHP memory every request. And they don't put that into the tin. They don't put that right there on the label. That's right. So that's how it happens. Cache is not that way. That would be ridiculous. But sessions, if you store a thousand eloquent models into a user session key, um, then it's going to load every single request. So if Livewire is shoving stuff inside the session... It's going to bog down every single request. Like that memory will be loaded into every single request for that user, even non-LiveWire requests. Right. Um, So this isn't even mentioning all the ridiculous garbage collection stuff that I went through to figure out a good like garbage collector for Mm -hmm. LiveWire on top of the default garbage collector. So anyway, the long story short is I, I implemented all of this hesitantly. I implemented the whole thing. I never felt great about it, but I just had to keep moving forward. And so I ran some like load testing on it and ran into a PHP memory issue in no time. I started just storing like yeah. million, um, I bet. million character strings inside of the sessions for users and like five requests in and you've already just broken the app for that user. Yep. Yeah. So that's no bueno and mm-hmm. not cool. And it just sort of hit me. This is funny because it wasn't like I hadn't considered this before, but like I said, it's that winding road of a decision tree where yeah, you know, like, I'll deal with it when I get there. Yeah, and so basically I was like, I need to use cache for this. If I use cache, all my problems are fixed. And Vapor uses um, sessions. Um, the session driver for Vapor by default is cookies, which is no bueno for this because it would, obvious reasons, it would like pass all of that backend data to the front end. Um, right. So, yeah. So va- Vapor cache, like the cache setting by default is some like serverless AWS thing. Um so yeah, and the, so I tested it. I load tested it, and everything, and it's great because cache, caches are accessed as needed. Um, I set a default ex, so what uh, happens expiration. If the user sets What's it that? to cookie. What happened if the user sets it to cookie though? Yeah, that's that's going to be an issue. <laughs> Is there a way that you can use a separate cache instance where you get to define? Yeah, I don't what even drivers think you can are available. You, Is there even a cookie setting for cache? Probably not. Yeah, I don't think there is, you know? Uh, oh, sorry. I now understand what you're saying. You were saying the default Vapor uh, session manager is cookie. Yeah. Right. Of yep. course, there's yeah. not a cache cookie driver. That makes no sense. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if somebody sets the cache thing to array, they're just going to have a hard time with LiveWire. Um, so maybe that. But it is sort of described in the docs but anyway the point is is that it was something i've struggled with for the pull request was open for over a month Mm -hmm. and it was just weighing on my brain for even longer like i had already written it before i opened that month old pull request like just a hard problem that annoyed the heck out of me what's that can you yeah you tell me what you think about this solution here's something i would strongly consider doing if it was me i would strongly consider not letting people do this if their cache driver is array like throwing an error that says you shouldn't use yeah that that's a reason array yeah that makes sense um and still letting them use the rest of livewire just not letting them save private properties yep yeah i agree i should throw it in there good call um yeah right because you can use so i was like talking to a friend of mine who friend of mine front of the show uh code name is mark and i was talking to him about mm-hmm. this addition 
and he's like yeah this is like the kind of thing that like you at first you think wait a minute i can't set an eloquent model as a property but then you get used to it and you're like well you know you figure out how to how to work around it and you know so that's sort of how i've used liveware like liveware to me still seemed incredibly powerful if i need to store something in a cache i just store it in a cache like not a big deal but you know as i was sort of seeing i had this experience of um so sebastian dedine i don't know if i i'll I'll talk about Mm -hmm. whatever i don't know we've talked about sebastian dedine yeah super smart guy solid dev i think he works for spotsy i don't know i lose track of the silos over there um but well it seems like there's a there's a merge afoot (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know. Like, it actually emerge, or you're just saying because two companies wrote Flare? Just because two companies wrote Flare, and then they created a company to represent their mutual interest. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's all one big happy friend group over in the Spotsy uh, circle. Everybody's getting rich today. <laughs> yeah. You get rich, and we get rich. There is money we all over get the floor. Rich in the eu yeah they'll, they'll pay it all in vat taxes <laughs> right yeah it's all for not anyway <laughs> um so he is gonna do like a inertia versus liveware blog post which at first i was like oh you're the perfect person to do it you're like a neutral person you know and mm-hmm. then i'm like and he did the view versus react thing mm-hmm. and then i remembered that he's like a core contributor of inertia and was like well shoot so i so it was hmm. kind of this moment of like He's he's gonna like dig into it. I'm like, dude, anything you need, you know. I'm, it's like the the restaurant, um, like critic walks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the food critic. The food critic in like Ratatouille, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that. It's like, oh, anything you need, man. Like just putting on my best mm-hmm. face. Like, like yeah. So there's a couple things you're gonna run into, but I'm gonna have a fix. You, like, you, really you want a drink? Uh, you know, I wouldn't order the lobster. It's not fresh. <laughs> it's 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 uh, not fresh. That's good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so one of those experiences, but this was one of the things that I really had to like get figured out. Cause one of the first things he ran into was like, uh, how does this work? Um, cause I can't mm-hmm. store a model as a property. I'm saying a lot of things, but let me say this all to say that this thing is done and I feel pretty good about it. I'll feel better about it when a bunch of people use it for a while and never complain. Then I'll feel really good about it. I would also feel good in in that situation were I you. But mm. yeah, no, this sounds sounds good. Sounds like you're landing the plane. Yeah. Yeah, so now it sort of freed me up. Like this was the thing I had to get unclogged. Um and so mm. now it's freed me up. Today I I like wrote a, I did a huge docs overhaul. Huge. Um which is like the next thing. So there's all these things like then I got to move the the repository over from the person my personal github to like the liveware github um so all that stuff you know it's a work in progress but it's pretty cool uh what's the what's the status of the fiddles yeah so the fiddles is on hold because i've been doing this um Mm -hmm. but it's it's in the queue it's in the queue and i personally use it myself (laughs) like i just i use it you use it Uh uh-huh it's better than Artisan Tinker for testing some basic Laravel code. No way. I don't even use it for just Livewire. That's hilarious. But like when I just want to see like how does can I do this with this collection method? I'm like, well, I have Laravel installed in a browser right here. That is awesome. It's yeah. great. It is. It's it like is. Laravel it's like a, fiddle. Like a like a route closure, you know? Yeah, exactly. The it's render function like, oh. is basically a route closure. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I forget what I was testing the other day, but it was something like that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, there's a bunch of potential with that. Um, so I think I I needed to real I need to like do the thing that I keep saying I'm gonna do, which is make Livewire as good as I want it to be, as I know it can be, and then feel mm-hmm. like this is something that I can like confidently recommend to people. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's honestly getting there. For the first time, I had a client. I was like, dude, honestly, Livewire is the thing for this. <laughs> and usually nice. I'm super hesitant to even mention nice. it with clients. What's that? Nice. Nice. Yeah. And was it, it was just like a small piece of an existing app? Yeah. Yep. I'm like, Sick. dude, honestly, Sick. if you just pulled this in, it'd be so easy. Sick. So, yeah. 
I can't wait till the first app I get to do that on. That'll be fun. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, I'm having some good chats with uh, Till. Till Kudus. Uh, Kudus. He corrects me. I love I Till. What's that? I love Till. He's a good dude. I talked to him for a while at uh, Chicago Laracon. Yeah. Um, do, have we talked about the fact that he was like one of the best PUBG mobile players in the world? Seriously? Yeah. You know PUBG, right? Yeah. So there's like a mobile version of PUBG. <laughs> and he was one of the best PUBG mobile players in the world. Wow. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's just a... It seems fitting. just a strange European hippie. He's one of those guys. He lives in Canada. Does he? He lives in British Columbia, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? He grew up in Germany. Such a a dope cat. Yeah, he is. So he's been like... he. We did a a screen share. He hit me up and he had some questions about Livewire if it was like right for his use case. And I'm like, yeah, I think it... I I mean, it was that was another instance where I'm like either way it's right like he gave me two mm-hmm. options and i'm like either option you should use liveware um nice <laughs> and so he i'm like dude if you want we can pair on it so we did and it was really cool it perfectly fit his need um but he like wanted to push it further so he's been like submitting prs he's in the repo so this is till is like number five uh in laravel contributors i think he's the fifth or fourth top laravel contributor on the framework um nice so he's just a freaking solid dude and it's cool to have him in the repo he's like like right off the bat he's he's just like slinging code which is great so hell yeah yep yeah boy hell yeah till yep he's sort of driving out he's got this like he wants web sockets for laravel like that's his big angle or sorry for livewire he's like yeah i I want native web socket support for for certain things not for the yeah. whole system, but instead of Echo. Like, I don't want to, like, deal with Laravel Echo. I want Livewire. You know? I agree that that is better. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. That's probably going to be the next push is something out of the box that you don't... It would basically replace Echo for your app. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have to need... You wouldn't need Echo at all. And it would have... And you wouldn't need... It wouldn't be like every Livewire thing was an open WebSocket connection. Exactly. Right. It would just be like a one-time thing to just notify you that you should check something. Yep. And by default, yep. the LiveWire JavaScript wouldn't even include JavaScript for it. It's all opt-in. Um, because pushers the way to go. So, like, I think our brainstorming session pretty much yielded, like, this would be a sick feature. But the annoying thing with Echo is, one, you have to deal with Echo. And Echo's actually yep. awesome, but... Like having to tack it on new events in the broadcasting system is really verbose and just nobody wants that. Nobody wants to do it. Yeah, um, but there's no good like production WebSocket service like Pusher. You know, like yep. that's the thing if you're looking for like a reliable WebSocket thing. But when you're working locally, like or Socket IO, but what's that? Or Socket IO, but then you're no. Is Socket IO a cert like a paid service? No, it's an open source node library. Right, yeah. But you still have to manage like an instance of something, you know? Yeah, yeah. So just sure. as far as like ease goes, like pusher all the way. For sure. Um so, but one of the issues is the annoying things is you have to like if you develop something like that, when you're working locally, what are you gonna do? Like you need pusher. You need to like put in like development keys for pusher and actually hit like use the internet, you know, locally. Yep. You can't be yep. on a plane working on this. Um, so we're going to include a little like uh, just basic WebSocket implementation out of the box locally that you can just like fake out pusher, you know, run your own little website. PHP one or a JavaScript one? What's that? A PHP one or a JavaScript one? Both. I'll need both. I think that's the move, right? I think the move is you ship it with Socket.io and then people can run their WebSocket server in JavaScript on their thing if they feel like it. If they don't want to use pusher. And then they have like an actually good WebSocket implementation. Interesting. Yeah. Well, what what do you mean by actually good? If they don't, like, you're saying that that doesn't run into all the concurrency problems that PHP right. WebSockets. Do. Yeah. Right. And this is cool because like before when I did WebSockets and LiveWire, it had to be PHP. Right. 
but now it doesn't now it doesn't because it's just a message broker it's not you could probably you could probably just build a, like a websocket proxy type of thing in node that is like less than 100 lines of code i'm sure just, like, i mean even i mean IO a functions. ratchet library that does this in php would be nothing and yeah. locally would yeah, be yeah. great and perfect and easy so i guess i'm we're trying to figure out like do we do we make a little like go binary that just does this little message brokering locally or just use Ooh, ratchet on a command binaries, locally or i guess you could do it with binaries but i would i would prefer to do it if it was me in node but that would mean every server has node well well when i'm talking about servers and in, in production people would be using pusher but you're saying that they should be but able to use socket.io yeah what if it you know hmm. what if it's just a small little thing like there's no reason to use pusher except that you don't want to do socket io that's true and pusher is expensive yeah that's what i'm saying it's expensive and like that's why i never would use websockets on a personal project most of the time it's like uh, i just don't want to pay for pusher you Interesting. know but like socket io mm. is so cheap and not very hard all you have to do is proxy some stuff and just make it super explicit like here's what you add to the scheduler or the the like uh process monitor on forge here's the line you add mm-hmm. here's the forge recipe if you have to like install socket.io here's the nginx line you have to add to the to exactly what file you know yeah if it has to be done like that yeah that would be a good option that's true socket.io is definitely the most reliable server socket solution web socket solution mm-hmm and the oldest and the one that has you know it's just it's kind of like the canonical one yeah yeah it's good um yeah it is you're right so that that would be good i dig that yeah and then locally locally i still might well i don't know like i want your local experience to just be Mm -hmm. artisan live wire I haven't figured out the right word yet, but let's just say artisan live wire sockets or something. Oh yeah, for sure. And you just run that command. That's it. And then you're artisan good to go. wire socket. Is there any way to should Spin all the, the artisan commands be wire using... colon and not live wire colon? I think so. Dude, that seems like low hanging fruit. Why have I not thought of that? Oh, you did it. God. You did it in your attributes. Well, blah, blah. I did do it in the attributes. Maybe this is why. That's weird. It's artisan make live wire. Mm hmm. Uh, artisan make wire colon component. No, that's gross to me. Artisan. I think it has to stay artisan make live wire. What about artisan make wire? Yeah, 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 yeah huh right because what if all of these live wire components were called wires but they are live you know that's the whole thing about these wires is that they are live i just don't think of a component as a wire yeah the metaphor of wire makes me think of like a, something of a connection to a component you know mm-hmm well, but then the component's not a live wire either. Right. The com- Yeah, right. But live wire is the whole thing. So it's like mm-hmm. make live. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Make live wires. But there's no good known like noun for these things. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's tough. Maybe it's just artisan. Okay, so option A is it's artisan make live wire and then artisan wire colon all the other commands. Option B is it's artisan make wire, artisan wire colon all the other commands. Option C is how it currently is, artisan make live wire, artisan live wire colon. Mm-hmm. And our option D is that you come up with a new like like wire wire component or live wire component. Or Those are all kind of gross, but there might be a way. Option E. There might be a way to use a noun in there. Right. Option E is I get rid of make live wire and stick to the just wire colon everything. So artisan wire. What about make. artisan wire colon make? Yeah, that is reasonable to good. 
The thing is, in my user testing, people kept like thinking to just do make live wire. And I was uh-huh. like, and I would accidentally do it. And I was like, I want to do the intuitive thing, you know? Is there a way to leave an artisan command in, but tell it to not list in the list of artisan commands? I don't know. Because then you could just have like silent aliases. I definitely want silent aliases. This is something that I was um, hack. I'm hacking on. Well, so you're hacking, code you're hacking on it. What's that? I'm just making fun of the way you talk. <laughs> Why hack? You said hack. Really? Like you're hacking. From... I'm hacking. Am I yeah. saying it weird? You said it. You said it kind of buffalo. You That's know? funny. Hack. Yeah. Hack. Dude, some buffalonians you wouldn't. You can't even imagine. You can't even imagine. Hack. Um. Yeah. Hack. Um. So, uh, hacking on something with <laughs> codename Mark. This he's uh-huh. he's pring. So I put out my wish on Twitter of artisan mm-hmm. livewire rm, livewire cp, and livewire mm-hmm. mv. Mm-hmm. You remember that? No, I didn't see the tweet. So but the that's concept cool. is like, yeah, like I just want I want to never have to manipulate livewire files manually. I want it to just happen with these commands, um, and it'll sure. like move the namespaces and everything if you want to move them into subfolders or whatever. Yep. Um, so, but we're like, well, figuring out the right name, there, this whole thing. And, but ultimately we want aliases. I want there to be like, um, like make, uh, copy, move, you know, and I want MV, CP and touch, you know? Ooh. Yeah. But like, I don't want them all list in a big mumble jumbled pile in the commands when you list the artisan commands. Right, right. Like, exactly. Which is going to be gross and may probably alphabetized or I don't even know. Um, there should be a, like an option that's like secret or alias or something. You should PR that into artists. I'm going to write that down. Um, you know, I write things down in this envelope. There's so much stuff on it and I never look at it. You got bear. Yeah. Don't you have a wonder list for this? Aren't you a list guy? Yeah. Yeah. Big list guy. List is only as good as how often you look at it that's a fact <laughs> that is like the fundamental fact of my existence <laughs> <laughs> like uh a pile of bills on your desk is only as good as the number of times you leaf through it and pay them <laughs> it's true yep. i have a this is, uh this is our bill system right now so you, you want to know my my bill system please tell me Here, here's my bill system bills come in and I either pay them immediately or I put them on my desk. Uh, and then I go on the website and I pay them and hopefully remember to set up automatic payments. <laughs> yeah. And what happens is I find out which ones I have not remembered to set up automatic payments on by continuing to get bills from them. The problem is several of the utilities that I use, even after you sign up for automatic payments, still send you things that look like bills, but are just like notifications that you're going to give them an automatic payment and here's what it's going to look like. Um, and so that sucks because yeah. I, I no longer have trust in the paper bills that come in that they're actually bills. Yeah, yeah. And it, it makes like my system is no longer reliable of like oh these four envelopes that are from the people who i owe money to every month represent things that i must pay yep because only one of them actually does and i can't exactly remember which one it is (laughs) and so every once in a while i have to go through and see if i actually owe money to any of these people or whether they're all actually automatic payments now and i just you know whatever i know for a fact i've paid my trash for the rest of the year because they don't do automatic payments. I was like, how do I, can I just give you a lot of money? And so I never have to pay you again. (laughs) And so that's what I've done with them. Bills are stupid. Bills are good. Mm. Mm, Bills are good. Mm, Good bills. (laughs) Not the Buffalo bills. Right. Bills are bad. Bad bills. Yep. Ugh. That that was me uh, hunched over a guy with an ulcer and feeding him rat poisoning. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Bills good. are good. Like uh, Dumb and Dumber. Pills are good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you were getting it. Just making sure. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, you know what's better than you would think? Uh, let me guess. Ooh, uh, Zoodles. McDonald's iced coffee. McDonald's coffee in general. McDonald's iced coffee. The No, their hot coffee is as good as you would think. I don't know. I think it's better than you'd think. Well, maybe we would think differently. I was just today saying to Hannah, you know, McDonald's coffee is actually pretty good. As I, I drink like Tim Hortons coffee McDonald's and think it tastes like garbage. I got a large McDonald's iced coffee today and I've just been sipping on it all day. Magnificent. I feel like a king. Yeah, man. King with For a the dollar, golden arches. I feel like a king. Uh. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. Hey, do you know, do you watch that Graham Stefan guy on YouTube? No. He seems up your alley. Or he seems up an alley that you were once up about finances yeah yeah Yeah, i don't even know about money anymore (laughs) i've I've resigned from money (laughs) yeah um but he uh he's like a real estate guy and uh kind of up jose's alley like a rental income guy yeah um but uh cnbc has this series called millennial money where they like talk to millennials about their money uh-huh and like they do like a breakdown of like how much money do they make how do they spend all their money it's On like basically toast. like it's basically like grabbing your friend and like looking at their well categorized mint dashboard yeah um but like sponsored by cnbc mm-hmm. um so anyway he reacts to millennial money episodes and he's like this like big finance nerd and he like you know that's cool blah 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 it's it's kind of funny he's kind of a douche um as could be expected um but anyway he uh he's obsessed with 20 cent iced coffees that's like his on-brand thing is that he makes an iced coffee that he claims is better than anything that anyone at starbucks makes for 20 cents and that's his whole shit that's not impressive at all because like well as a selling point like i would guess if you were like Guess how much it costs to make like if you were like guess guess how much it costs to make a re- a better craft cocktail than like Applebee's. Then you could get a Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> yeah, right. Like be like uh, fifteen cents, <laughs> fifty cents. You know, yeah. like that goes for anything. Even like right. It's like the only reason you're paying fourteen dollars at Buffalo Wild Wings is because it comes in a large boot. <laughs> And it has some candy in it for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, and like, and it's like dyed to the color of your favorite yes. football team. <laughs> oh man, we got these. We got dollar uh, St. Patrick's Day drinks from Applebee's. I said, well, I was gonna say like a year ago, last St. Patrick's Day, and uh, sure. and uh, and we peed the green? bright green. For, oh. for like two days we pee it was crazy oh, gross that's nasty yep. they oh. had um oh those like that rainbow that, crack stuff was that around the time that you started having gastrointestinal issues <laughs> now that i think about it <laughs> sue applebee's dude yeah man get that money get the get the money the old-fashioned american way that's right yeah that is re- really funny but that that's basically him being like guess how much Starbucks marks up their coffee? You know, like, guess, yeah. wait, do you know that markup exists? <laughs> like, in a service context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, there was, like, a there was an episode where he was reviewing the finances of, like, a lady who owns a coffee shop. And he almost had a meltdown because he was, like, on the one hand saying she didn't charge enough, but on the other hand saying that coffee is overpriced. <laughs> and he he couldn't figure out where to go. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, anyway, that's check true. Out. Graham Stephan, that, he's that a big doucher. That's a situation to be in. Yeah, I tell you what, man, retail Ooh. in any way like Amazon. There's this really cool outdoor gear store down the road from my house called Gear for Adventure. These dudes are legit. Like they hike all the time, and they're great. It's like an REI but super mini. Um, yeah and like run by real ones yeah run by like people who have hiking boots on who do like community events like they go hiking all the time with people 
It's awesome. Yep. They're great. Um, and I know them. I've stopped in for years. They like hang out at the local craft beer store. Uh, just this guy and his wife, and they're they're totally awesome. Um, anyway, gearforadventure.com. They do a lot of online business. I, I'm guessing it's gearforadventure.com. I don't know. But they're great if anybody needs gear for adventure. But I go into those places, and I'm like, well, one, like any of those like REI-type places, you get like, I don't know, like uh, you want a sleeping bag? Yeah, 400 bucks. You know, you, like, mm-hmm, th- and that makes mm-hmm. a little bit more sense. How about like... Yeah, you want like a spork? Well, it's got to be titanium because that's the one yeah. that's next to it, right? You want like um, a first aid kit? Well, you got to have the ripstop nylon bright yellow first aid kit that costs $40. Sure. Um, Although I did have a recent REI experience where I went in there looking for like a particular weird mount for a roof rack. Okay, yeah. Because uh, I wanted to make my own roof rack, but I wanted mounts that would fit onto the crossbars of my Subaru. Yeah. And I was like, this must exist. Like, someone must make the thing that's, like, just a mount with a hole that you can bolt whatever you want onto. Yeah. And so I went in, and I found a guy, and there was a guy who knew everything about roof rack attachment hardware. Nice. He was, like, a freak genius about roof rack attachment I mean, dude, hardware. you're at an REI in Asheville asking about oh, roof yeah, racks. Dude. I bet half was the it? customers in there are experts on roof rack mounts. <laughs> It was it was a great experience, and I didn't even buy anything. He wasn't even pressuring me to buy things. He was showing me online where I could buy it cheaper. That's the thing. Well, REI, I mean, REI is legit. Like, make no mistake, yeah. I'm a massive fan, and they're just a legit company. But these places, like, you go in and you're like, I'm not going to buy, every, like, for them to make any money. How are they making any money? Because I'll just go on Amazon and find it, you know, for the Amazon price. Right. Which is invariably cheaper than what you're selling. Yeah. It's just so yep, hard. That's... I feel so bad for him. Like, I wish you were doing something that wasn't like slim margin sales of expensive yeah, it's stuff. It's a huge bummer. Yeah. Huge bummer. Huge bummer is right. All right. Oh, I gotta man. go. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's get out of here, D. Cole. Great podcast. Good podcast. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you to our sponsors. Backblaze and Honey Badger. We'll see you next week. Cue the bump bon, bon, oh. <laughs> now. No.